This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Can too much screen time be deadly? Research shows nearly half of teenagers who log lots of daily screen time have suicidal thoughts or tendencies. If you have seven or more social media apps that you use, you're three times more likely to be actually clinically depressed, not just depressed, but one of the most extreme levels of depression we can have. Then, millions of Americans are struggling with debt. A finance expert shares advice on getting out of debt and has ways your family can generate some extra income. We really try to encourage families to sit down, talk together, and say, what hobbies do we have? What are some different talents that we already have in our family? And say, can we make this into a business? Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. A startling research study has found that teenagers who log lots of screen time are more likely to harbor thoughts of suicide. A psychologist has helpful advice for parents of teens. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Lisa G. Lisa? Thanks, Chris. We are speaking with clinical forensic psychologist Dr. John Huber, who is based in Austin, Texas. We're going to be discussing a survey that's been getting a lot of attention lately, and I'm so interested in hearing your thoughts about it. It's about a new study that says the more time teens spend on the phone, the more likely they'll attempt suicide. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think, unfortunately, the the research is showing that that's accurate. In fact, today's teens have the highest rates of suicide attempts of any previous generation. It's actually kind of scary. And why do you think this is? I mean, what is the equation with being on a smartphone and low self-esteem? Well, we're social animals, and one of the things that happens is we get reinforced when we, for example, see our friends walking down a hall towards us and they smile and wave at us. And we get a dopamine rush and a lot of other neurotransmitters that reinforce us chemically in our brain. But we also have that physical contact with them. And what has happened is people get on social media. We've lost that physical connection. So we're only getting basically the dopamine rush whenever somebody clicks on a like and you share something with somebody else. So in a lot of effects, what we're doing is we're drinking diet sodas and getting the saccharine sweetness, but we're getting no nutrition that a real face-to-face human contact interaction would happen. And if we look at the research, if you have seven or more social media apps that you use, you're three times more likely to be actually clinically depressed, not just depressed, but one of the most extreme levels of depression we can have. And so just to give our listeners some background, This study involved researchers from Florida State University and San Diego State University, and they examined the results of two surveys of adolescents that dated back to 1991. I guess it's Gen X, Millennials, and Generation Z. And they got a glimpse into the behaviors of, what, more than 500,000 teens? Exactly. And in fact, even some of the social media outlets, you know, like Facebook, they actually are monitoring things that are going on with these kids and monitoring their language and they're identifying depressive type interactions. 
And it's gotten so bad. In fact, we actually had it in my household. My 12-year-old daughter comes to me with one of her friends on Snapchat who's instant messaging her, telling her that she wants to kill herself and it's over. And they actually have a mechanism. We contacted Snapchat and they were able to get a hold of the young lady and her parents. Wow, that is frightening. I think many adults listening may think, well, what do you mean being on an iPhone gets you depressed? Adults just talk. They're not going through all their social media feeds that is so full of bullying these days. It's not even the bullying. What the research is indicating is, you know, people put their best selves on social media. So these kids are struggling with homework and maybe they didn't do well on a test and everybody's talking about a boyfriend or girlfriend and I don't have one. And they see all their friends on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and they're showing you all the highlights, the special of that person, everything that's going on. And they think, man, I wish my life was that good. I must be just a horrible person. And they actually start self-deprecating. And that's what I think essentially starts triggering those suicidal thoughts and tendencies. I even feel it slightly as an adult. I'll joke about it going, oh, my God, look, everyone has a glamorous life. I uh, did the dishes and scrubbed the bathroom walls this weekend. Exactly. But part of the problem with that is you have a fully developed mind. These adolescents' minds aren't fully developed. They're not firing and working in the right areas as they mature and grow. They're not fully developed until their mid-20s. So they're having a hard time conceptualizing and processing that information like you or I would, where we say, yeah, you know, look at what I do, though. And we know that people are only putting the sunny side of their life up on the screen. We are speaking with clinical forensic psychologist Dr. John Huber, who is based in Austin, Texas, and we're discussing this new study about teenagers and their iPhones and how spending too much time on their phones could lead to depression and, unfortunately, suicide. So do you think that excessive electronic stimulation from TV or iPhones unwires their brain and then we need to have teenagers rewire them back? Well, they're actually wiring them inappropriately. I mean, if we look at television, you know, it's kind of a passive thing. You sit there and watch television. Kids today are not as interested in television because they have their screen that they can actually interact with. And they get chemically internally reinforced for that interaction. So they're actually stepping away from television because then if they want to complain about something on TV, they have to turn to their parents or their friends next to them and talk about it. Whereas on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, they just go right and start clicking on emojis and then they're done. They've said their piece. So what would you recommend for parents to do to help out their children? You know, they say that it starts at home. It does start at home, and it's a very difficult thing. I know in my household, we started when my kids were really young, before they had cell phones and tablets and like that, and they would get on our computer to look at cartoons and things like that and little kid apps. And what we did is we would change the password every night to a 12 or 13-digit number, and we would give them a list of math problems that they had to successfully complete, Then they put the answers end-to-end to get their password. So that basically started teaching them, if you want to do this, you have to do something in exchange for it. And now my oldest son, he's a second-degree black belt because if he wants online, he has to do something physical. He exchanges physical time for online time. And it's tough. It's hard to do because they're teenagers. What can parents actually say? Can you take us through a conversation that might help? 
just like any other kind of teachable moment you may have with a child. You know, first you got to get their attention, which basically means you need to get them off their screen and you have a conversation with them. Something like, you know, you spend a lot of time online and there's actually evidence that if you spend, I think the critical number is two hours. If you spend more than two hours, what happens online is that you start inching and increasing your depressive symptomology after two hours. So you get a limit of two hours of screen time every day, but to earn that screen time, you have to participate in athletics at school. You have to run a mile every day. You need to learn that these things are expensive. Mom and dad have to pay for them, and you need to actually do things to pay for them. And in fact, that's a good conversation to have with your kids because teenage to early adulthood, early 20s, that's when our kids are building our bone density and our internal structures, but they need physical exercise to do that. So what's happening is the doctors I work with are concerned because right now, the 60s and 70s and 80s, our generation has to worry about osteoporosis and things like that. They're concerned that it may start kicking in as early as the late 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s when we're going to have these problems. So we may be a bunch of cripples as a society by our 40s instead of by our 70s or 80s. Dr. John Huber, clinical forensic psychologist from Austin, Texas, thank you so much for your time today talking about the link between the time teens spend on their phones and depression. Thank you very much. For InfoTrack, I'm Lisa G. Next, how to get debt-free fast. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. <laughs> 